the year is 2021. The world is fucked. A spectre of death looms over the games. But that won't stop the world's most successful Olympic nations descending on Tokyo. The People's Republic of China. The divided states of America. The country formerly known as Russia. But this show is not about those countries. This show is about the little guys. The underdogs. The battlers looking to wrap their fists around a medal and become a national holiday. This is Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, truck ramp to Tokyo. Hey! <laughs> Good morning! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Medallica, colon, Minnows versus the World, colon, Truck Ramp to Tokyo. Wow, we have gone back to back. Yes, I love this. We should be celebrating with a strong as hell coffee and just a dickload of ketamine. <laughs> that is how ketamine is taken, the kids tell me. <laughs> just straight through the pee hole. <laughs> because it is Turkmenistan's first ever medal. Holy shit, get around them. Absolutely massive. Polina Goryevo. Goryeva, rather. Goryevo is her father. Of course. (laughs) That's how Russian names work, right? Just one name like Seal. Yeah. (laughs) Goryeva, she was in the 59 kilo weightlifting, got silver, just, just missed out on gold by 19 kilos. (laughs) (laughs) A small couple of bunches of bananas. Bees dick in it. Strung together by the hair of a horse. (laughs) But yes, Turkmenistan, which is famous for so many things that are not sport, <laughs> mostly being batshit insane. Having a giant gas crater. Of course. Uh, being obsessed with world records. A huge 19-foot golden statue of a dog. <laughs> having less than 7,000 visitors a year. Having an Olympic stadium for no discernible reason. Having built an archway to success, which stands 95 metres tall, atop which is a golden statue that rotates with the sun. Amazing. It's just a great place. This has suddenly turned into a tourism ad for Turkmenistan. <laughs> well, they need People are like, one. wow, I want to go there. <laughs> it's, if you do want to go there, it is not difficult because <laughs> no one goes there. And it's not, it's not for lack of opportunity. No. The incredible international airport at Ashgabat is just welcoming large airliners. <laughs> <laughs> and they want all the tourism as well because they famously don't have COVID. Just doesn't <laughs> exist within their borders. Some weird force field <laughs> is over the entire country like a dome from a science fiction movie. Incorrect, Rig. They're just better than the rest of us at medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and so now they have the unparalleled fact that they have more Olympic medals than COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Olympics won, COVID zero. <laughs> Take that. Pandemic, if you will. Could you imagine Gurieva getting on the plane heading to Japan? Everyone's talking about COVID. She's like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, the Turkmen bashy cough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had that for a while. Oh, you mean sandy throat? (laughs) (laughs) The old dust AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) when I was having a quick recap over... The, the pure fury that is Turkmenistan start to finish. Just thinking about what sort of national holiday they're going to declare because their whole year is basically national holidays, but at the moment dedicated <laughs> to dogs, horses, <laughs> and a 94-foot golden book, <laughs> which you have to read in its entirety to pass your driver's test. 
Is it to do with driving? No, it's a ver- variation on the Quran written by a previous president. <laughs> so, okay, to give you a just a really deep insight into the sort of celebration that will currently be unfolding in Turkmenistan, I just need to draw your attention to this. Recently, they had a song contest to redo the national anthem. They threw it open to the whole of Turkmenistan and in a fairly judged and uh, very, very objective result, the president won. (laughs) 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 And this is the song that he performed live on Turkmenbashi, which is Turkmenistan's obviously official TV station at Turkmenbashi (laughs) o'clock. The song is called... Turkmen Bashi. That's enough of that. But basically what you just heard, and we will we'll pop this up so that people can see the insanity that that just was. The president, the dictator, the despot that runs Turkmenistan is playing an old 80s synth. <laughs> <laughs> while they what, like a keytar? <laughs> fucking oath. <laughs> in a crowded stadium while 4,166 <laughs> children sing in a choir, thus breaking the Guinness World Record for the most children to sing in a circle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, considering how up and about they get for a very, very strange entry into history, the fact that they literally just won an Olympic medal is going to cause people's fucking heads to explode. <laughs> So, can I just ask you a follow-up question about this? Is the president slash dictator bald in this footage? No. The reason why I ask that is because the Turkmenistan mourning process (laughs) is bizarre. (laughs) As in like the start of a day or someone has died? No, someone's died. So Because we all know their days start with Ket straight into the dickhole. So, dictator Turkmen Bashi, his father, ex-Turkmen Bashi... (laughs) Died died earlier this year, and the process is every senior official in the government, including Turkmenbashi himself, and also managers of major private companies in Turkmenbashi, of which I assume there are two, is <laughs> have to shave their heads and wear a skull cap. Could you imagine if you do not have a head that is good for shaving and you get ordered by your dictator to be like, well, dad's dead and passes you a fucking razor. <laughs> but then not only have you got a shaved head, but you're forced to wear a skull cap, skull cap. which is usually used to hide the hair and make it look like you're bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Oh. And here is Turkmen Bashi making the call. <laughs> that is going up on Twitter because that looks like the eyes of a man who can sentence you to death for not shaving your head. <laughs> it certainly can. Oh my god, the 
<laughs> this is pure fury to come out of this country. If you get a chance, look it up. <laughs> because actually, we have an episode of another podcast we do, Shit Show, which is just about Turkmenistan. Yeah. So you can go back and find the Turkmen Bashy episode. But in general, there was free utilities for everybody in Turkmenistan forever that was promised by a previous Turkmen Bashi who, <laughs> despite telling everybody that he was immortal, bizarrely died. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Interesting strategy. <laughs> See if it pays off. <laughs> so everybody in Turkmenistan got promised 50 cubic metres of gas per month. Oh, jeez. Which, uh, to, give, to put it in perspective... That is the equivalent of an entire Australian suburb <laughs> per <laughs> household. Shit. So it was cheaper for them to never switch off their gas stove than to buy a match. <laughs> <laughs> so the country was hot as fuck. Yeah. And you can imagine how they ended up having literally the gateway to hell <laughs> burning forever in the ground. <laughs> But yes, we uh, we digress and we cannot wait to see the uh, government-approved pieces of footage that come out of Turkmenistan aired on Turkmenbashi of dead set the greatest celebration to ever hit the airwaves. <laughs> and uh, our congratulations to the great nation of Turkmenistan. Please be nice to your people. Absolutely, which means we move on to the Minnow medals. We're going to have a look at the tally. Jeez, there's been some movement. Huge. These are, we'll start with the new entrance first, and this is an, an alphabetical list. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a who's who of tiny, weird nations. <laughs> this should be a game that you should play every day in lockdown, which is we will say the names of the countries and you try to find it on a map. <laughs> It's the drinking game you never knew your morning needed. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, stay-at-home orders. And every country you can't pick out within the allotted time, you have to do one bump of ketamine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Andorra? Huge. Uh, She actually did really well in the the K1 that, that Jess Fox got bronze in. Um, she was she was right in there. I think she made it to the final actually. So enormous. Good by her. Uh, Angola. Yep. Cape Verde. Yep. Guam. Gotta love it. Vanuatu. Yes. So close to Tuvalu. <laughs> Palestine. Good for them. Comoros. Yeah, Comoros. Yeah. Aruba. Who I want to take you. And then a <laughs> wonderful gallium. A slightly shiny gallium. Straight to the people of Tonga. Absolutely. <laughs> Straight into the hands of Peter Taufatafua, who we are organising a chat with as we speak. Absolutely. I mean, not right now, not because right that would be a multitask that's beyond yes. our capabilities, but uh, it is happening and our people are talking to their people. And by our people, I mean us. Absolutely. So, but at the top end of the table, Moldova really solidifying their position in the box seat. Yeah. Heading they, into uh, an, another big few days of, of medals and events. Turkmenistan obviously charges to the uh, to second position on the on the Dallas dais uh, rather and and, uh, and people might be thinking hold on didn't you just celebrate a silver actual silver medal for Turkmenistan for 7 or 8 minutes and give us amazing fun facts about that fucked up country and we will say this and it needs it needs repeating because I've gotten a couple of messages a couple of DMs through through Instagram it's for countries who have never won gold. Yeah, as soon as you win actual Olympic gold you are dead to us. You are dead to us. So Turkmenistan in second position after a great day and Namibia. 
charging into third. Big head of steam up. And uh, just behind them is Malaysia, Kuwait, and Honduras, um, who are all sitting on uh, two gallium Jeep. Malaysia is Malaysia could have been streets ahead. They've uh, they've got six total medals: two gallium, three steel, one brass. Whoa. Yeah, strong showing from them. But yes, Moldova four gallium, two brass for six total. Wow. And uh, and yes, the the best thing that you can do as a minnow nation is not to win gold because uh, then, as we've said, you'll be stricken from the record books, yeah. but it is to win an Olympic silver. Absolutely. <laughs> because silver is the new gold. <laughs> exactly. Now you can enjoy the best of both worlds, actual <laughs> achievement, and winning a silver medal at the Olympics. <laughs> and also, also <laughs> in Turkmenistan, silver is better than gold because gold is banned. Yeah. <laughs> So if she'd come if back with gold, gold the first person to win gold, an actual gold medal, and go back to Turkmenistan, it's going straight in the fucking gas crater. <laughs> That's it. Being like it's the ring in Mordor. <laughs> just being slowly shoveled in there by horses and dogs. <laughs> okay, so that does bring us to the greatest sting that we've ever produced. Play it. Minnow watch! Really makes your hair stand on end. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not bald and in mourning. <laughs> <laughs> so... Huge. Obviously, Peter Taufatafua, one of our feature athletes, did bring home the gallium in Taekwondo. But wow, how weird is the setup in Taekwondo? I do not understand it. It's like a, it's like when people, like Americans, look at the AFL final system for the first time, or like I don't know if you've noticed NBA playoffs where they entered in this like weird wild card bracket thing now, <laughs> and it's just like again. Zach Galifianakis with the <laughs> equations going around. Can you try to give us a rundown on how the fuck Taekwondo works? I can indeed. I'm really glad that you asked me because I've spent many hours crunching the numbers with an abacus. <laughs> That's why you didn't reply to my messages? <laughs> no, we're just really spending a lot of airtime together. <laughs> I needed to sit in a dark room and think. <laughs> so, imagine you've gone to the pub rig. I can Im- well. I was about to say I can imagine that easily. Now I can't. Now you can't. <laughs> Only in your wildest dreams could you go and drink in an establishment <laughs> instead of in your underwear while sobbing in your house. <laughs> so you've gone down to the pub. They've done the meat raffle. All of the meat has been handed out, and they go at the very end. Okay, well, congratulations to all of the winners. However, was anyone sitting on the same table as someone who won? couple of hands go up. They go, fantastic. What we're going to do is actually bring all of the meat trays back and you guys are going to scissors, paper, rock. Whoever wins scissors, paper, rock gets a hat. That's a meat hat. <laughs> you can then go and walk to the butchers. They'll see your meat hat and they'll go, oh, won the rapid charge, did you? Here's an Olympic bronze medal. <laughs> because basically what happens is that you're tied to your opponent from the first round. Right. Not it- literally. <laughs> So, the two of you are bound and shackled together, <laughs> your fortunes entwined physically by rope. It's now the, the two of you fight the world. It's the number one sport in Turkmenistan. <laughs> the three-legged fight. Because <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had to crawl your way out of a crater of fire with another human tied to you. And it has other sub-events. Such as horsebound shackle fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, <laughs> wow. 
wonderful chariots of fire-esque tie all the horses together and <laughs> charge them towards the finish line <laughs> because what's better than one horse? A thousand horses. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So, yes, you, you are, your fortunes are tied to the person that you're fighting. So Peter was fighting... So it's like our relationship? <laughs> it is exactly that. Oh, my God. The shackles of relationship. <laughs> That's the ties that bind. Um, so Peter fought the number one in the world. That guy from Rock went on to win gold. Yeah. That then means that Peter is plucked from the field to fight in a, a bout that would then go on to win bronze. Yeah. So effectively, he ended up coming sixth. Really? Yes. (laughs) 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 What? Despite losing his round of 64 match (laughs) in the round of 64, he came sixth in the Olympics. That is bizarre. Yeah. So it's actually the best. Imagine seeing your you yourself line up to the number one fighter, and you're just like, "Oh, the best!" It, it's incredible. You, I'm gonna get absolutely smashed. And I'm, I'm still gonna shot at this bronze. I'm amazed it even tried because what you what you don't want to do is injure the other bloke. Yeah, you know, that's your horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need to put a round furry hat on him and yeah. <laughs> ride him all the way to victory. Totally. Or sort of bronze. <laughs> That is crazy because he ended up getting cumulative five points in all of competition. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's it's sixth. <laughs> he came sixth. Cool. He got five points. And like the guy who won gold probably registered like 80 points over the course of... <laughs> <laughs> over the course of competition. <laughs> totally. But, uh, but Peter celebrated every one of those points at knowing full well that he was about to Bradbury his way into an Olympic medal. Yeah, but that's... I mean, surely that's his best ever finish. Oh, yeah. By a mile. By a mile. It's Peter came... Uh, and we'll, again, <laughs> talk to you about this when we yarn in a couple of days. But he, he finished 124th of 127 in the Winter Olympics in cross-country skiing. Yeah. Phenomenal effort because literally everybody but him was a slender man stick insect from Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who was being blown forward by a breeze. <laughs> wearing some kind of a Skeletor X-Man suit from the future <laughs> that was slightly beyond the budget of the Tongan Olympic Committee. <laughs> And then before that, he was uh, he was in Taekwondo, and I think he finished sixteenth or seventeenth. Right. But he the whole point of this is he was supposed to be canoeing at this Olympics. That's right. Yeah. And then COVID happened. He couldn't leave the country to go and compete in the rest of the the regattas that he needed to get into. Yeah. Uh, in order to make the Olympics, so it was like. Well, I can always fall back onto my second sport, Taekwondo, that I'm an already Olympian in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the level of success, but nonchalant success, that we should all aspire to. Absolutely. To be good enough at something that you just try a different thing. It's like the Michael Jordan baseball thing. Yeah. <laughs> we like, I'll take a small break from being fucking amazing at this thing <laughs> because I've always really wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> I've always really wanted to go to Turkmenistan (laughs) before the border closes. There's no COVID there and they've got one Olympic medal. What fucking hero. Oh, I love that. But um, sorry for that. I (laughs) cough straight into the recording. Straight into it. Um, So, yeah, great, great work by Peter. And we will try to get him on the phone for a yarn 
his uh, agent for some reason is in LA. So it's great. It's that's a great time difference for us. W- we did try and hook his agent up with our manager Gergs. Um, and Gergs, when uh, he picked up the call from me, was like, "Who is this?" So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're on good terms with our management. No, no, we're not. But uh, the probably, other probably since we mentioned that he was trying to buy Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> He was not happy about that. Dark on it. (laughs) So the other athlete that we've got in action, which is actually today, is LZJ. Oh, all the way. All the way with LZJ. He's actually taking on uh, a Frenchman in badminton, which is weird because (sighs) the French are so used to rioting. Anyway... (laughs) I thought you been on the nose about the political situation there. <laughs> thought you were about to be like the French famously soft cocks. Yeah. <laughs> why would they why, batter them with why, rackets? What by nature and <laughs> why would they and physically? <laughs> why would they possibly want to soften them up any more yeah, with rackets no, and strings? No, I know absolutely, but uh, it's it, you know he's he's taken a, a, a t- his first sport like Peter was baguette fencing and. Uh, <laughs> He was like, well, at least I've or- I've always got badminton to fall back on. <laughs> so LZJ is up against this guy, Bryce Laverde, and that's just <laughs> chef's kiss pronunciation. <laughs> it could also be Brice, like short for Fabrice. I was about to say. Brice Laverde. That's a sound like to the, the classic Taekwondo commentator. Yeah, the classic French Christian name of Bryce. Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Chad, the Frenchman. Yeah. Well, it's who was that guy who we covered in the World Cup version of Metallica, the Danish guy whose name was Tom Delaney? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody else was just K's. Yeah, everyone, everyone else was just the O with the <laughs> diagonal strike through it. The uh, I believe Microsoft Windows ninety five zero. Yeah, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Uh, so that's happening tonight. So I can only see it in Malaysian time. Uh, but also, if you want to catch that, you can't. So <laughs> Channel 7 is the worst. And because none of these people are Australian, you won't be able to see it. But you'll hear it here first when we cover it on tomorrow's cast. <laughs> you certainly will be. Where else have you got to be? <laughs> You're getting your news fresh off the press, asterisk 16 hours late. <laughs> because you're either here or in the Olympic Village. <laughs> it certainly are. And we've had the interest and the messages starting to flow through from the Olympic Village. It sounds like everybody there is festooned in frangers. <laughs> just <laughs> like Hawaiian lays. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, if you are a, a current Olympic athlete or a former Olympic athlete, or if you like the Olympics, hit us up on our Instagram, which is Gus and Rig. Or you can uh, jump onto our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash Gus and Rig. There's no reason to get in contact with us that way, but we do want your sweet, cold, hard cash. Absolutely. And so the funny thing about that condom thing, by the way, is that I was reading just before that even though Tokyo organisers gave uh, gave out 160,000-odd frangers, they were hoping that they wouldn't get used, but instead athletes would take it back to their home country and bring about awareness of HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Why it, would you do that? I, I know. It's, I mean, look, the awareness campaign, fantastic. We're all about that. But also, you don't come to the Olympics 
as an athlete, apparently, to not fuck. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Every single story that's come out. There's the German from uh, from the uh, Sydney in the Atlanta Olympics yeah. that was interviewed previously She's that like, has it's gone inevitable. viral. It's who, inevitable. Who met her husband at one of those Olympics and is like, oh, everybody fucking. Yeah, Hope, Hope Solo from the American soccer team who was a goalkeeper for many years uh, at 2020 London. She was like, oh, people fucking everywhere on the grass, in between buildings, just <laughs> out in the open. The whole, whole <laughs> thing sounds surprisingly like an underground sex party in Deutschland yeah, as opposed no. to the athletes' village. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But anyway, speaking of weird sex stuff, it's time for Apocalympics Now. Play the sting. Apocalympics Now. But I jest, all sex has been killed by the cardboard beds. (laughs) So instead... I want to talk to you about a conspiracy that is brewing within these games. Oh, wow. There is you've, re- you've really put uh, two and two together. Conspiracies really are your forte. They, they really are. And uh, again, these are the sorts of things that I think about by myself in the dark <laughs> when I've finished <laughs> with my abacus that I can only feel and not see. <laughs> kind of like the spectre of a conspiracy theory that lurks and hovers above us. Spectre Drone Services, proud sponsor of this show, who are you going to call? Spectre Drone Services. There we go. We got there. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the pool at Tokyo, there is a spectre of a kind, which is that of the touch pads that you have to hit sure. in order to finish the race. Yep. So, these are, again, part of the advent, the scourge of the robots that will one day enslave us, which is becoming part of the Olympics. As we all know, The Matrix is a documentary. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. The machines are coming. Absolutely. I loved this simulation the first 4,000 times. <laughs> but you have to finish uh, a race in the pool at the Olympics by hitting a touchpad, which is yep. basically just a sensor-activated um, uh, rubber pad that's on the end of the pool. They've ripped them out of the laser tag taekwondo <laughs> outfits and <laughs> chucked them in the water. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> yes, it's effectively just the self-checkout at every Woolies. <laughs> Just embedded in the pool wall. <laughs> Everything's brown and onions. She's br- yeah, she's bringing it home. <laughs> Slams into it after the 200 butterfly. Unexpected item in bagging area. <laughs> Red siren goes on. Some 16-year-old with fucking horrible acne comes over just to switch off the machine. <laughs> so, in the pool, there is a drama, which is that for the... like. Normally a dead heat in swimming, which is measured down to the thousandth of a second, yeah. is very, very rare. Sure. There have been six oh. at this Olympics already, entirely from lanes four and five. Yeah, right. Not only that, but they've started pulling out the uh, the footage because, again, look, conspiracy theories are for the most part the entire bastion of the sort of mouth breathers who punch horses in the face yeah. <laughs> while adorned in free speech, uh-huh. <laughs> their mullet flowing in the wind, <laughs> wearing a mask that uh, doesn't cover their nose, which is like having your cock hanging out of your undies. <laughs> so <laughs> effectively, this is different because this is a real conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because, because this one's true. <laughs> this one's true. And I've got the facts and everybody else has missed it. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, do your research. <laughs> I'm not here to do your research for you. Simple Google search. Here's a link. Giftbaskets.com. <laughs> Told you, touchpads don't work. <laughs> Rig, all I'm saying is that there are supermarkets all over the world that are missing fucking scales. <laughs> so, basically, there's footage and uh, still images that have emerged from uh, MMQ's race. Yeah. And she is touching the wall a solid 50 centimetres before the, uh, the chick who's in the lane next I to her. I did see that, yeah. That's then counted as a dead heat. So what that's that's uh, what's occurred out of that is that basically Ian Thorpe has been interviewed about this by none other than the absolute pestilence to commentary <laughs> that is Hamish McLaughlin. <laughs> Ham, if you he's the real virus, <laughs> totally <laughs> he's fucking everywhere. Ham, you absolute narcissist. I assume that you're listening to this because someone has pointed you in our direction. No, we're legit. If you send us a cease and desist, we will come at you. <laughs> Bring literally, literally, because we're wearing face masks, <laughs> undies like face masks. <laughs> we will come at you. <laughs> Bring it on. At least I'm the best commentator in my family. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this gap of 50 centimetres, Ian Thorpe has responded to it by saying, look, the swimming race doesn't finish when you hit the wall. You have to activate the touchpad. Then the race is over. However, he goes on, this looks very sus. Sure. <laughs> so when the race is over when you select two avocados. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that the only way to finish the 200 metres freestyle is to go BBA up, select button, <laughs> down, B again. <laughs> of course, Japan is the place that the electronics breaks <laughs> If there's one thing you could have relied on for the Tokyo Games, it's that anything to do with a piece of componentry was going to be flawless. But yeah, no, absolutely. The, the touchpads are very, very suspect. So that then brings us to the question of what other sports do you need to do some kind of a fucking electronic thing to finish? Like the athletics, for example, you just run past an invisible line. Yeah. They've just set it up so that they can clock the the end of the race. But theoretically, you're just breaking a laser beam. Yeah. That's not really an electronic thing. No. Uh, as far as the sailing goes, there's none of that it's bullshit. Invisible line again. As yep. far as skateboarding goes, <laughs> you just have to do your fucking tech deck trick. <laughs> But, in but the judges like that. Ollie's pretty cool. <laughs> Five points. But it brings us back to where I think the conspiracy starts. And that is the pressure-driven laser vests of Taekwondo. Now, Taekwondo used to be a manually judged sport before sure. the robots took over. And I think that this is extended into the pool where now this is a levelling of the playing field. And I didn't realise that this was actually a very, very good thing until I started doing the research. Rig, for anybody out there that doesn't know what I'm talking about, do your fucking research. <laughs> <laughs> so now in swimming, it's been acknowledged that you need to touch the touchpad hard enough to finish. All of the professional swimmers don't know this. We need to get the message out to the minnows. It's time for the rise of the machines. <laughs> <laughs> Eritrea, <laughs> Eric the Eel, yes. Equatorial Guinea, 
the minnow heats all of a sudden, they're going to start coming in real fucking quick. Yes. <laughs> because... Brown onions in lane five. <laughs> Brown onions in lane four. Brown onions in lane three, Rick. All you've got to do is swim with a pair of knuckle dusters on. <laughs> so that as you careen into the wall at a rate of knots, it's not a light touch. I want to see fucking minnows breaking the wall. <laughs> like come, the, Coming in like Goku in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> like a fist first. Giant jug of Kool-Aid with arms, legs and eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hammering through the wall. So you watch this space because the Dead Heats is just the start of the revolution. <laughs> the Minnow revolution. The Skynet revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, that's about it for today's show, which was proudly presented by Spectre Drone Services. Spectre Drone Services. You hide them, we find them. (laughs) That was sent in by loyal listener Lockie. This truly is the show of the people. We're now getting people writing in with their ideas for Spectre Drone Services (laughs) logos. This is amazing. But if you want to become a sponsor like Spectre Drone Services, put together some money with your mates or get your company to sponsor us, head on over to gusandrig.biz, B-I-Z, where business goes to live. And I. And do ketamine. And we (laughs) also love getting your DMs over the course of these games, so please hit us up at Gus and Rig on Instagram, G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G, or flick us a message on Facebook. We are Medallica, all one word. Fantastic. I think that's all we've got time for, mate. Absolutely, mate. Well, I've got to head on out to horsebound shackle fight training. (laughs) I am proud to announce that for the four millionth week in a row, the number one song in Turkmenistan. Oh, <laughs>